Percy, in real estate, the emphasis is always on location. But what about a cancer patient and their fight? Well, Wayne, in terms of a cancer patient, the emphasis should be placed on community. The patient's environment and surroundings may be as equally important as the actual medication and treatments themselves and can have a profound impact on a patient's outlook and potential outcome. Let's talk about it. We'll hear today from one person who will elaborate on how her healthcare community environment was a difference maker in her cancer journey. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Thanks for making the choice to listen. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. My name is Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, who is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Today, we've chosen to talk about the cancer environment. And uh, mm. Percy, this is a topic that you've chosen quite carefully for today. I have, and it's near and dear to my heart because I've literally spent 20 plus years inside of cancer clinical environments. And I understand very clearly uh, how that can impact uh, a patient's experience negatively or positively. And so we're going to hear from one today who's going to share very passionately and emotionally to us today how her clinical environment made all of the world of difference for her. Yeah. You used the word community a few moments ago. This is the word that you you like. You, you talk about this concept a lot in this program. Because again, cancer is a community disease and, and everyone needs to understand that. I know it doesn't sound very... Uh, exciting, but it, the reality is cancer is not just an individualized kind of isolated dynamic that people are dealing with. So their community, their environment, those around them, those that are interacting with them all contribute to the exercise and to the potential outcome of what patients are experiencing and what they remember and what they hang on to as points of reference. And so community is important in every way and in every aspect of the cancer experience. We're going to hear from a guest in a moment on that very topic, but the question that we're posing to our listeners fits right in with what you're talking about. Here's the question. What kind of difference did your community or surroundings make for you during your cancer journey? Mm. We could put that in the present tense as well. What what kind of difference is it making in your yeah. cancer journey? But if you'd like to answer this question, we'd be very happy to hear from you. You can go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, Click on Connect, and the drop-down box will give you a chance to type in your response. What kind of difference did your community or surroundings make for you during your cancer journey? Answer at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And we have a free resource at that same website. Can you mention what this is all about? Absolutely. Emotional needs of cancer patients. And it speaks to the very point of the conversation and to the question of the day. Environment, community, surroundings also plays a role in the emotional needs being met or not of cancer patients. And we need to all be conscious and aware of the emotional needs of cancer patients. So this resource is de uh, derived from the idea of understanding that and tapping into some essential schools of thought that everyone should be uh, mindful of, being physically present, uh, be a source of joy, be a reminder of goodness, etc. Download this resource. It will help you to understand and potentially be able to respond to effectively the emotional needs of cancer patients. We always tie these conversations to scripture, and you choose these scripture verses, and they always fit in so nicely. Uh, we learn from the scripture, don't we? Tell us what you've got on your mind this week. 
We do. And before we read the scripture, I also want to read one of our questions that we answered from one of our oh, previous yes. shows. Oh, yes. Go ahead, Rain. please. Yeah. And so uh, with that being said, uh, as we talked about uh, the question of the day, we want to also read a question that we have from a previous show. And the question that was asked on that previous show, and then we'll go into our scripture, is how did or does your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey? And we have a response from Ontario, Canada. So thank you for Canada. Oh, Canada. (laughs) And so with that, uh, the answer here is faith is what I hold on to and don't know how people without faith get through. Mm. I still struggle and have my dark days. But I am so aware that God is here with me, and he is carrying me through this journey. Thank you so much for that response. We really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That means so much to us when you take the time to respond so meaningfully. And these are are heartfelt responses, too. That's what encourages me. It is. And I I appreciate the fact of people sharing that and letting us know, again, what they've done, where are they going, and what they've experienced. And so with that, uh, let's segue and transition into our scripture of the day. Sure. And it will tie right into this overall theme. Man, we have such a good theme for today. Uh, Zechariah, Zechariah, the second chapter, verse number five. Uh, helps us with the school of thought around community, environment, and surrounding. And it says this, for the Lord himself will be a wall of fire protecting them and all Jerusalem, or we can say your community or your environment, Hmm. he will be the glory of the city in the midst of them. Today, we're going to hear from one that's going to help us to understand how the Lord can build a wall of fire around them, protecting them through the community that they sit within that will be the glory in the midst of them today. Stay with us to hear today's guests in a moment. With locations in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling this number, 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, let's meet today's guest as Percy comes back to us now on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Well, I am excited, as always. Uh, We have today with us Catherine Finelli who is a cervical cancer patient, uh, actually being treated for a rare form of cervical cancer. And she'll share a little bit of that information with us as we uh, finish introducing her. She was originally diagnosed uh, in August of 2018, uh, actively still treating as we speak, started out at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Atlanta, and now is receiving her care at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia. Welcome to the show today, Catherine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very pr- proud and honored to be here. Thank you. Well, that's good. It's it's really our privilege. So uh, we thank you for taking time out of your day, out of your schedule, uh, and certainly uh, 
to feel comfortable enough to share your story about cancer and your journey. And that's exactly what we want to talk about. And so with that, uh, as the introduction was made, uh, you have a rare form of cervical cancer. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm told that um, around 5% of the United States have what I have. And uh, it makes it very rare and difficult to find proper treatment. Where were you and how did you feel when you were told the very first time that you had cancer? Well, it was August 8th, 2018. And I apologize if I get emotional because everything was despair and devastation until I started treatment at CTCA. Okay. It was, I was diagnosed by my beloved OBGYN. I had just had a baby. Mm. Um, and my husband and I were thrilled and enjoying life with our new, our, our child. And it was, it stopped everything. That day is forever ingrained in my mind to be, when people ask me when I, when I got married, I say August 8th, 2018, my birthday, August 8th, 2018. It's so, it stopped everything, mm. everything. So literally then you just went into kind of uh, freeze mode. You just kind of stopped in your tracks, like in suspended animation. That's exactly it. It stopped everything. And it, it turned into just panic. It turned into overwhelming panic for us. Uh, I started treatment in September around my 40th birthday. Needless to say, I had other plans for my 40th birthday. Sure. But I started sure. treatment in September. My father-in-law recommended that we call CTCA from the commercials, from experience. My husband has a coworker who treated with a doctor in Philadelphia successfully. And with that, I, I took that to heart and I was like, you know what, I am gonna get a second opinion. So I called the, the 800 number on the website, spoke to the nicest, most genuine, most empathetic gentleman that could have ever been placed in that position for me that day. Thank you, whoever you were. Hmm. And uh, he just took care of everything. And within two days later, we were on a flight to Atlanta. So um, we landed on in Atlanta on a Friday, had the CT scan on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and our appointment was scheduled for Monday. So when I entered the Atlanta facility, it was immediately different to what I had experienced thus far. It was warm. It was welcoming. There, there was smiles everywhere. And, and everyone was saying hello to us. There was a clear difference in everything, including the machine that was had the CT scan done on it. It was incredible. I'd never seen a machine like that. It was um, I was shocked to see the integrative care that was present all in one place, from chiropractic to to physical therapy to an on-site pharmacy. That blew my mind that you could get everything done there. Mm. And it just it it, it was a hope filled experience. And uh, we had to spend the weekend in Noonan. Um, which was <laughs> Noonan's nice, but it gets very small very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it poured every day, Saturday it poured, Sunday it poured. And uh, since our meeting was on Monday, we kind of didn't feel like doing anything. We were scared to death and it just, we, we didn't do anything. So on Sunday, uh, we were sitting in the breakfast room at the hotel that we were at. And I was approached by the most beautiful woman who absolutely shone from the inside and the out. And she invited my husband and I to join a church service that was happening in the small little room next door to the, to the uh, breakfast room. Mm-hmm. And my husband, who I've never known to go to church throughout my 12 years of knowing him, said, we're going. 
Hmm. And I was like, wow. Now I've gone to church my pretty much most of my life, um, but I had never been to a church like that. This was church. (laughs) (laughs) This was the nicest pastor and his wife just getting to know us, talking to us, um, finding out our story, circling us with prayer and just giving us the encouraging words that we needed to hear. We had never heard these things before. And it was his sermon that day I'll never forget was how sometimes you have to follow Jesus into the desert to receive a faith healing. Hmm. And that's kind of what I was experiencing with telling my family and friends, look, I'm going to Georgia for a second opinion. And if I like it, I'm going to stay there. Mm -hmm. I had never, I had never known traveling for good care before. I had never known that you could even do that. That was not something I was even thinking about at 39 years old, but it was incredible. I remember this gentleman, the pastor, I just cried through the entire ceremony, uh, through the entire sermon. Mm -hmm. It was like a message was for me. So needless to say, you, you just had a wonderful experience, uh, that, that was hopeful, that really, I guess, allowed you, uh, based upon how you were initially reacting to your diagnosis, to feel hopeful. And I think that that's what I'm hearing you say, because we know, and, and, I, and I think that it is safe to say that for most cancer patients uh, and their caregivers, at the end of the day, what every cancer patient is looking for, and it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, you're looking for hope. You're looking for something to at least give you the possibility to think that tomorrow can be a better day. And it certainly sounds like that you experienced that. Let's let's transition a bit with regard to, uh, you know, you, you enter into this space and this environment after a second opinion and uh, shout outs to second opinions. We encourage everyone uh, to make sure that you uh, exercise your right as a patient, that is your right to say, listen, I'd like to get a second or even a third opinion until you feel comfortable with what is being said to you uh, in terms of a partnership and a relationship that will allow you to feel engaged and empowered to move forward. So I really uh, appreciate the fact that you exercised your right to do that. You're, you're told that you have cancer. You start your treatment. What type of treatment uh, were you undergoing or are you undergoing now? I am undergoing now, um, well, I just finished, oddly enough, on the two-year anniversary of my diagnosis, what is hopefully, dear God, the last IV treatment of chemo to, that um, to, that I will receive. I'm going on a um, chemo management drug. Okay. So you have, you've had chemotherapy, and uh, as many cancer patients do and experience, you, you start that, you go through that process, uh, you're introduced to, uh, in, in the environment of treatment of um, spirituality, uh, faith, religion, however you, you choose to define that. How important, uh, and you alluded to it a little while ago, how important was the fact that you could experience an environment from a healthcare perspective that also embraced or encouraged uh, one's sense of spirituality and faith to be amalgamated with their medical care. How how important was that for you? Incredibly. As my husband and I sat there and he opened, which you should never do, opened the envelope that contained the CT scan without having met with the doctor, mm. he read it. And we both collapsed into each other because it was much worse than we can ever imagine. It showed progressive disease, metastasis. As we were sitting in Atlanta in what we thought was a the quietest corner that we could find, someone walked past us 
and he stopped. And I believe his name was Chip, and I believe he's the pastor at the uh, Atlanta facility. Yeah, Reverend Chip Gordon. Reverend Chip Gordon. Shout out to Reverend Gordon. He's a good friend of mine. Oh, he he changed everything. He stopped, asked us what had happened, prayed with us on the spot, said he would pray for Dr. Manahan as we were going to meet with her later. Mm. And I... Right then and there, I was like, this place is incredible. I never thought that science and spirituality could go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. From my spiritual background, I was taught that those things are kept separate. Yeah, it, And that's one of the things that I will always appreciate is that you can embrace both. It is because of science and because of God that these that your spirit is is lifted, that you can fight the disease. And it's where, where a lot of strength comes from. I had never known that until that day because... As he left us, I just felt this small sparkle of hope come back and think that maybe things were going to be a little bit brighter than what I had come there thinking that they were going to be because that option was now there. I remember um, a reverend praying with me as I got my port. And here I am thinking that's the most insignificant surgery in the world. And someone took the time to stop and pray. And then he prayed with all of the doctors and the nurses that were performing the surgery. That blew my mind that something like that is done, accepted, and just offered. It, it has made all the difference. And the point that you make, and we make it on this show all the time, and I want to make sure that uh, we reemphasize the fact that there we believe and, and certainly adhere to uh, a balance. There is a balance at the end of the day, and you've already articulated that uh, there is a place uh, for, obviously, for good clinical care, and we encourage everyone, but also in being people of faith, and this show is geared toward that audience, that there also can be a healthy and respectable uh, and responsible balance between uh, the world of medicine and science and the world of faith and spirituality. And, and when there are allowed to be combined together appropriately, uh, interesting things can potentially take place. So I I appreciate you really uh, highlighting and emphasizing that. And as a person of faith now receiving clinical care and have received clinical care, uh, it sounds to me that you are indeed hopeful. Uh, You're still on the path. You're still on the journey of treatment, obviously, as an active patient. Uh, But I hear I hear hope in your heart, and I hear energy in your voice. More importantly, let's talk about the prospect of your future and how do you feel about the days that are ahead of you. Uh, There may be a cancer patient right now who may have just been diagnosed who is about to start their journey. Speak to someone uh, with regard to how you feel, uh, given the fact that you've been on the path a little while now going forward. Uh, what words of encouragement would you share based upon what you are experiencing in your heart, in your mind, and and potentially in your body? My words of encouragement, I believe, would be get strength from wherever you can. Mm. If it's from uh, being with friends and family, if it's from going to uh, the naturopathic doctor services that are offered so that you can... Um, supplement as opposed to go on the heavy drugs. It's, uh, it's the, the journey is not a death sentence as I thought it was immediately. And as I was led to believe with the legacy boxes and all of that awful, awful things. Instead, I've been given life and through proper care and 
supplementing and, and using the services that are given to us through CTCA, whether it be from physical therapy to help with chemo brain or even the cancer fighter services. There's so much strength in the communities at each facility that I've gone to, both Atlanta and Philadelphia, that just shows that it's not a rabbit hole to, to go down and just give up hope. It's, it's actually a journey which is challenging Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of people who have gone through the same thing. Every journey is different, but yeah. who have gone through similar things and just just draw the strength from either being spiritual um, through each other. And that community is so alive at each of the CTA facilities. It's incredible. All you have to do is talk to start talking to somebody on the shuttle and you'll learn about them. And you have an instant friend who now all of a sudden you're, cha- you're exchanging phone numbers and, you know, you're you're checking in and maybe you're on the same schedule as them for chemo. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's, I guess it's reach out, talk to people and just draw from their strength because CTCA is a bunch of strong people, the yeah. strongest I'd say in the world. Well, with that, obviously uh, the, the takeaway and the message there is community resources, uh, you know, for a lot of cancer patients uh, for many different reasons. Uh, they tend to sometimes isolate themselves, shy away, uh, exactly. be- become reclusive. Uh, and what I'm hearing you say to someone that's listening today is reach out, take advantage of resources, relationships, and and empower yourself and strengthen yourself. There's power uh, in numbers. You know, there's strength in numbers. Uh, and this is not something to run away from, but find, again, uh, a safety net. So I appreciate you sharing that. And with that being said, uh, let's talk a little bit about your safety net, about your family, uh, if you belong to a faith community. How uh, how has your support system, your tribe, your village, how have they helped you to work through this process at this point? I don't think I could have done any of this without my husband and my daughter, mm. who is you know the reason for I'm, why I'm fighting. It's... Um, I will see these milestones for her. Uh, she starts <laughs> kindergarten on Monday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just incredible. It's, uh, you never know. I don't know who said this, but you never know how strong you have to be until strength is your only choice. Yeah. And that's exactly what we've done. My husband has been so strong and so focused, laser focused on the next step on, um, you know, being the second set of ears when you go in for the important doctor's yeah, visit. Yeah. It's, and hanging out with supportive friends. Uh, it's it's incredible. The, uh, the network that forms around people with this diagnosis because it is really what helps get us through it. Well, shout out to, uh, first of all, your husband and caregivers. We talk about the power, the role, and and uh, I use the term loosely, uh, the ministry of caregivers. And again, I think you are absolutely correct. It is there are very few uh, cancer patients that I have met in my 25 year career uh, that have successfully uh, gone through a journey of cancer who did not have someone or uh, several someones that were holding their hand. 
uh, wiping the tears from their eyes, and as you said, or lending uh, a second set of ears uh, to catch the things that, you know, get by you as you are overwhelmed and inundated. So uh, we're going to send out a a shout-out to your husband and thank him uh, for being vigilant. Uh, And all caregivers out there, we thank God for you as you stand by uh, the side of those that you love and support. That being said, with the few seconds that we have left, and I've enjoyed, uh, I have I feel encouraged and energized just speaking to you, quite frankly, Catherine. So you're there. There's a contagious dynamic from you, and I love it. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Um, what is one thing uh, that gives you hope or energizes your hope? What helps you to remain hopeful? I would say it is the continued excellent care that I'm receiving. And I know it's excellent because it is the latest science. It's as soon as you look up something that I've been prescribed, it's, well, this drug became available six months ago. It's the doctors, it's the nurses, it's the everyone at CTCA that even hung together during COVID, one of the scariest times, mm. one unprecedented, unprecedented time. It's, it's the hope that's at CTCA. It's the in, in every way, it's the uh, integrative care that's offered. Um, it's the pastoral staff. It's incredible. I, I'd say I actually look forward to my treatments in an odd way, okay. <laughs> a very odd way. <laughs> but I look forward to the community that I'm stepping back into, seeing my friends, knowing that every aspect of, of care is available to me. And I, it's what I've experienced. I've whispered the just a small side effect to, uh, let's say, my physician's assistant. And she's immediately set me up with three people who take care of it immediately within the same day. Mm. So in, in that regard, uh, knowing that I, I will immediately be taken care of, I'd say, is what gives me hope. I know that there's nothing that's going to escape my doctors or any anyone else that I've worked with. They're just top notch and just keyed in and providing excellent care. Well, today you have heard from Catherine uh, Finelli. She has a rare form of cervical cancer that she is still currently undergoing treatment for, uh, originally diagnosed in August of 2018, uh, started out her care uh, at CTCA Atlanta and now is receiving her care uh, follow-up care at CTCA Philadelphia. And uh if you haven't picked up on the fact of listening to her, she's full of energy. I'm going to call her Miss Sunshine because that's exactly I feel rays of of hope and love uh, that come Thanks, from sir. you. So continue to stay encouraged. Uh, we're praying for your continual path and journey of health, healing and wellness. And we thank you for also being a voice of encouragement to those that you come in contact with. Uh, may the Lord continue bless you and may you continue to do and be all that God has called you to be. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you. And we'll continue with Percy here in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at Health, Hope, 
and inspiration.com. Well, Percy, as we were listening to your conversation with Catherine, I was thinking about our question of the day. What difference did your community or surroundings make for you during your cancer journey? Mm. It certainly was true for her, wasn't it? It was, and she reemphasized that over and over as we were working through the conversation. And and what was clear and apparent uh, for her was just kind of her shock and dismay of the difference it made in the environment that she was in and what was either being projected or said or even with attitudinal disposition of how it just made a difference for her mentally and emotionally yeah. going through the process of being a cancer patient. Well, my heart went out to this lady because, I mean, having just given birth and then mm. to receive the news that she got, that that's pretty devastating. Well, as she said, her and her husband were just thrilled and enjoying life with their new child. And then, boom, this diagnosis stopped everything that day, she said. Uh, and she also talked about how uh, in stopping everything, it just turned into panic for her. So again, I can only imagine as a young mom who has just had a new child and then you're told that you have cancer, you know, you're 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 dealing with a range of emotions there that, that there is nothing that prepares or equips you for that. And she said that that was forever ingrained in her memory. And as we heard, she noted there was a clear difference in the kind of care that she got. Well, she said it blew her mind that that one could get you know, the range of supportive services uh, all facilitated. And she says she was shocked, actually, to see the integrity of care uh, that was all present under and in one place. And, and we've often heard, and I certainly have, individuals who have talked about with other experiences that they need to go to a clinic around the corner or mm-hmm. down the street or mm-hmm. at a different location. And one of the things that Cancer Treatment Centers of America has taken great Uh, strides in is placing all of those supportive services under one roof. So you see your clinical team, you can see your nutritional team, your naturopathic team, your spiritual care team, everyone is all under one roof and in the same building. And so she said that just really blew her mind and she she had never experienced that. Yeah, if you've ever been through something like she's been through, you know what a difference that makes. It does, because, again, you're trying to, you know, first of all, you're just trying to logistically gather yourself to go from one physical location to another. And again, remember, you're processing being told that you have cancer and how you feel. And emo- now I've got to pick up my bags. I've got to go t- to another location down the street or around the corner. And having everything all facilitated under one roof simply takes that dynamic away of a feeling like a, a you know a cancer vagabond that you're you pitching your tent here for an hour then you got to pitch and go pitch your tent someplace else it's all there under one roof and in one facility yeah. so that that obviously has to make a huge difference for yep. individuals you know what uh, i was so moved when Catherine talked about being invited into that uh, church service in the hospital and what a difference that made for her that i i was deeply moved by hearing that well, she used the exact phraseology that it was a hoped-filled experience. Again, yes. I'll say it, a hoped-filled experience. And let me tell you, every cancer patient wants the same thing. They want to be in an environment, and they want to have the experience of hope. Now, again, not false hope, not just making up things and saying things, but it, but in an environment that ingratiates Uh, envelops and facilitates the idea of the possibilities of things to come. And to further that comment, she talked about how her husband, who typically uh, did not go to church services or whatever, was one of the first ones to say, yeah, let's go and let's experience this. And when they did, she said how 
it just simply helped them. And it did something for them on a very visceral level uh, that allowed them both to mentally and emotionally manage, again, the travails and the rigors of cancer treatment, because this is a difficult path and journey to take. And what will allow individuals to manage through that more effectively in this particular case, she said, was a game changer for mm-hmm. her in being invited to a church service inside of a clinical environment. Yeah. And it all comes back to where we started. It, it all has to do with community. And I, I see the importance of it now. And I see the importance of the question that we're posing to our listeners this week. What kind of difference did your community or surroundings make for you during your cancer journey. Now, maybe you're going through it right now and you're Mm. sensing some things. Either case, we'd love to hear from you. You can answer that question, and we hope you will, simply by going to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. And then also at the website, uh, Percy, our friends can download emotional needs of cancer patients. This ties in as well, doesn't it? It does, absolutely, and it's there for that very purpose. We try to design all of our uh, digital resources to tie into the subject matter and the moving dynamics of a cancer experience, and this particular uh, resource is designed just for that. Cancer patients have emotional needs, whether we realize that or not. They have clinical needs, they have physical needs, uh, but they also have emotional and spiritual needs, and so this uh, particular resource will equip and empower individuals to help Uh, be cognizant of the reality of what some of those uh, emotional needs are and how you can tap into uh, some of the dynamics to support them from that perspective. And so uh, download this document, share it with others, circulate it inside of your local church, Uh, put it on, again, your social media so you can share with other individuals, again, emotional needs of cancer patients. And Catherine, if you're listening, thank you for your contribution to the conversation here today. It means a great deal to us. Well, thank you for listening. Let's go back to the scripture now before we wrap things up. We shall. And so with that, now that we've heard this entire conversation, and yes, Catherine, thank you so much. You were just a sweetheart. Uh, Zechariah 2, verse 5 now really makes sense to us when we talk about being surrounded by. It says here, for the Lord himself will be a wall of fire protecting them and all Jerusalem. And but God will use people and environments and circumstances to be that wall of fire around us. But he also wants to be the glory in the midst of us. And so for the Lord himself will be a wall of fire protecting them in all Jerusalem. He will be the glory of the city. Today, be encouraged, as the King James translation also says, that he wants to be the glory in the midst of you while building a wall of fire around you, your family, your community, your clinical environment. God can be a wall of fire in all of those natural environments if we are around the right people and the right circumstances and environment that is conducive for that as we continue to experience his glory that will be in the midst of us and that will buoy and lift us to move to the next step and the next place as we continue to walk by faith and not by sight. Well, that's Percy McRae. Pastor P is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Percy, we thank God for you and your ministry. Well, blessings, my friend. And remember, we still have work to do, so please keep chopping the wood. Until the next time, this is Reverend McCray. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration.
Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.